Hello, Good More Girls fans. Before we get to this week's episode, we're brought to you by Dragonfly Coffee Roasters. Dragonfly Coffee Roasters is 2019's best micro roaster. And you better believe that uh, Lorelai, much like all of us, would love Dragonfly Coffee Roasters. Also, fans of the show will know Dragonfly Coffee Roasters, Dragonfly Inn. Synergy here. Synergy, people. Uh, you're probably thinking, I want to try Dragonfly Coffee Roasters for myself. Great call. All you have to do when you're checking out is use the code GGFN, and then the number's one zero. For 10% off all products off Dragonfly Coffee Roasters, go ahead and buy something, check it out, and let us know what you think. Let's get on with the show today. La, 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 la. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. The weather Hi. changed much since our last episode? It is the same degrees. It's like, right? <laughs> it's like one degree warmer, so now we're like 13, but still rainy, so. Oh, yeah. we're 83 because, you know, Fahrenheit, Celsius, and all that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls, and uh, boy, if you're a Lane fan, well, this was a, this is a yeah. traumatic episode. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff happening in this episode. We just talked about last episode; it was like, eh, and yeah. this episode kind of messed up for it completely. Yeah, and in a way where, like, I, I, well, a couple things. I I feel like we got a lot of interesting subplots in this. Like there was a lot of great storylines mm-hmm. going on throughout this. It wasn't just one or the other. Like I really right. liked the stuff between Luke and Lorelai. Although I'll get into why I find that maybe a bit problematic. Um, but then also too, you got the stuff with Lane and uh, yeah, it just kind of felt like there was a lot of different subplots going on, and I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, it almost kind of made your head spin a little bit. I, I had to rewind a couple parts because I'm like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. What, what's this? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of action. Yep. Yep. And we got Gil. We got a big contrast last episode. Oh, it, that's right. Yeah. I just want like a gif of Gil giving a thumbs up. So every time Gil's in an episode, we give a, a Gil thumbs up because. I really like Gil. I just that's find the, him. I, I said he's my best performance. Hmm? He, he's which is one of those like wholesome characters. I don't know why. I just, yeah. I, I love his energy. He just, wants, he just wants everybody to do well. He's positive. He's happy. He yeah. just wants. He loves rock and roll. Like, I mean, he just wants to be in his element. Uh-huh. Part of me is like, really, Zach? How could you not love Gil? But uh, Zach is becoming more and more of an issue. Yeah. I think. Really don't like Zach. I find him insufferable. He's kind of like the the new dean for me. He, if we're talking about like Gil's energy being really great and positive, uh, mm-hmm. Zach's energy is literally the worst. I, 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 yeah, his yeah. energy just annoys me because he's just constantly like, well, I'm like, come on, man. Like, 
you're playing CBGBs, which is this great rock club. Like, right. why are you complaining? Right. I mean, he needs a little bit of Rory's um, deal with his face. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And also, too, I don't quite appreciate that. I they're they're kind of like, well, Dave's gone. Who do we have for Lane? Well, Zach, I guess. And it's like mm. the Zach dude is here. Yeah. Yeah. He's not def- on the payroll. They're definitely pushing that pushing that. Like, here's here's Zach for Lane. You're like, uh, can we get Dave back, please? Right. But Dave's on the OC, so Yeah. He um appearance, but Yeah. But uh yeah, this episode uh there's also some cool behind the scenes stuff in this episode too. But we'll get to that oh. a bit. Yeah. Okay. Um Alright. Uh well I should probably say who wrote this episode uh, was Amy Sherman Palladino, which makes sense. Definitely seems like uh, she has her stamp on it, but it was also written by Sheila R. Lawrence as well as Janet Leahy. And I'm looking them up. Um, yeah, it looks like Sheila wrote mostly a couple episodes um, in seasons three and four, and then she directed some in season two and she later went on to um work on shows like ugly betty desperate housewives and private practice so and uh janet leahy this is the only the one of two episodes that she did she did one other one which was lorelei out of water back in season three and then that was it so is that the one where she was trying to learn how to fish, fish? yeah Um, anyways, uh, what's this episode about? Well, primarily, it's interesting that, like, Lane's a character that hasn't really had a big Lane-centric episode, but this was kind of Lane's episode. I mean, yeah, there was other stuff with Rory and Lorelai, but, like, Lane kind of got the focus on this episode. This was, especially towards the end, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lane's band plays, uh, CBGBs, and, uh kind of ends in a disaster because uh she sneaks out and does so in a way where mrs kim finds out that she's been sneaking out and uh yeah mrs kim i i I mean also too mrs kim kind of for me borderlines on being a little bit of a character that almost seems like a character caricature of what she's supposed to be like she's almost comically conservative and whatnot but I kind of felt bad for her in this episode. Like there was a scene where, yeah, like there was a scene where she goes to uh, tell Luke that uh, Lane won't be able to work the next day. And he tells her that, you know, he, that she already called him. And so she finds out that like, well, Lane called Lorelai, Lane called Luke, but she never got a call from her own daughter. And she's just so heartbroken. I felt bad for Mrs. Kimball. I was like, I, I think she showed a lot of humanity in this and that, yeah. you know, she, um, I think that Lorelai had a really good point and, and I like, she's done this before with, with issues with Mrs. Kim that the kids will say, don't call her. And Lorelai's like, no, there's, I think the in season one, she said, there's a mom code that, that, you know, you just call. Yeah. And I really like that. She just talked to Mrs. Kim, like, you know, here's the address, here's all this stuff. And. Because, you know, Lorelai's like, she, she said, you know, if that happened to Rory, she'd be beside herself. Yeah. So I like that, that you know, she doesn't always agree with Mrs. Kim on her parenting, but she respects her role as a mother. 
Yeah. She's not going to overstep her boundaries. Pretty right. Much. Um, but yeah. Uh, and so CBGB's doesn't quite go well. They get there and they realize that uh, there's nobody there except for um, the one guy's parents. I always forget his name. Um, that's terrible. I know. but The guy with allergies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I think. At first, it's... I thought it was her parents when they were talking no. about that. I think I think the character's name is Brian. I want to say. Well, I think it is Brian. Yeah, yeah. Which he's also a character that seems like, I I I'm sorry, but I'm like, how did this guy get involved in a rock band? Like, he just seems to really kind of stick out. But maybe he's just secretly yearns to rock. Okay. So. He doesn't bother me as much as Zach does. I actually liked him in other episodes, but but Zach is grating on me. Yeah, Zach is just I don't know. He. He also seems like a character that doesn't belong in the show. I don't mean that to be mean, uh, but like mm-hmm. he just seems like he's from a totally different show. Like I don't know the dialogue oh, and everything. Like attitude and yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Like it just seems like he's just not a mesh. I mean, are there ever? I wonder if there's writers that just write for a particular character. Like you bring them in just to be a script doctor for a particular character. I think some writers do have characters that they kind of lean towards for sure. Because doesn't he seem like he's like written by somebody else? Yeah, it does seem like that a little bit. So, um, anyways, uh, yeah, um, but uh, once uh, you know, CBGB's is a bit of a disaster, and Lane goes to stay with Rory at Yale, and Mrs. Kim finds out, and Mrs. Kim later goes home and finds all of Lane's hidden records and other stuff, basically. Her whole double it, double life she's lived, and, and I uh, love that that Lane just kind of doubles down and then like flips the the board on the floor and and shows her mom other stuff and goes, "Yep, that's it." Yeah, like there's a defiance in that that like you know what you might as well see everything. And when she tells Mrs. Kim too, she's like, "Well, I think I've got it all planned out. We could do this in a way that'll work for me." I'm like, "Oh gosh, this is not going to go I'm well." Like that's yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. she misread that situation. Yeah. But I see her intentions, though. Yeah. Um, Kim was not ready to go there. No, Mrs. Kim was even like, yeah, well, you can go live like that, but not here. I was like, mm. Right. But, and Wait. Mrs. Kim did the thing where she doesn't come get her, right? Remember, she did that yeah. with something else. She didn't come rescue her. Yeah. And, and Lane knows that this is part of the parenting. Yeah. I think, too, like, I don't know. There was a little bit for me uh hypocrisy there in mrs kim saying like the child doesn't make rules or something like that but then she's willing to like have her daughter go move out like that felt a well, little I think because all the stuff that lane well i thought lane was kind of overstepping her bounds a little bit too actually mm. that she's saying you know i mean basically she's saying let me look li- i'll live under your roof and follow curfew but i'm gonna do all these things and yeah. you know the ideal way to do that lane is to get your own place yeah it just, I don't know, to me, it just felt a little weird that, like, she'd be like, well, you're a child, you can't tell me what to do, but at the same time, to go move out on your own. Like, it's like you're treating her like a child, but then not. I don't know. She's, it, you're, you're making her grow up really quickly. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right, though. Like, th- there was really no other way for them to go. Like, Lane, okay. need, Lane, I think, needs independence, but I don't think she's going to necessarily enjoy the fact that, like, 
now she has to fight for her own. And I think it will be a bit of a wake up call for her because, you know, her mom, Mrs. Kim, has provided for her and she's kind of rebelled against that. Well, now you've gotten what you want. Now what? Right. Like now you have to pay your bills. Now you have to be more responsible with things. And if you're not, you know, you can get to have some problems. Right. So. And she even said to Rory, you know, that, that she was spineless. That's one of my favorite quotes, too, is like, well, you will you be walking funnier if you're, you know, if you didn't have a spine. But yeah. but Lane knows that she hasn't seen a lot of the world and had to fend for herself. Yeah. So she's aware of that. So it'll be interesting to see how she works with that. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see her giving up music to stay in the house. No. I mean, yeah, she's basically moved out from, you know, all intents and purposes, right? So. Right. She shows up at the dorm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the That's main story. But there's still other stuff going on, too. There's a whole lot of stuff. They find out that... that um uh luke has moved but yes. not really and lorelei's like friends tell each other when they're moving and and to her is like it was offensive that he moved without telling her and then he moves to another county so she's like you know you even moved to another county you know that was that really oh. bothered her and then then you find out that he just goes over there and yeah. then comes home yeah but also he's, he's not really living there i got a little upset with lorelei though and that's because she got so upset about that but then I'm thinking like she there was like a conversation like she's not ready to tell Luke about Jason and I'm like right. you're you're literally doing the exact same thing that Luke was doing like you're keeping things right. um you know it, it just felt a little hypocritical for her to be like well you should tell me everything but by the way I'm not going to tell you about this new relationship I'm in so it's like uh right. That's a little problematic, but she wants to be priority in his life without doing the opposite or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, that's part of her personality though too. Right. Yeah. Well, I think maybe it shows that like, you know, there's this, will they, won't they obviously. And like, I think that's part of it too, where like, you know, she, she wants him to like have that opening in his life for her, but you know, she's maybe not quite yeah like she's not quite available for that yet or her either so you know it's just right i don't know i thought it was kind of interesting that like she was getting all upset about it i wanted like it would have been nice if rory even had said like but you haven't told them about jason like you're not that different yeah right like check your privilege at knowing what somebody's doing Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah uh but they do come together to break a bell which I thought was funny. I, I, I liked the beginning of the episode the where the minister's like, go ahead. Yeah. Cause the bell was like, everyone was like, this is charming. This is cute. And then you find out that like Davy, the baby isn't liking it. And like out of time, yeah. Kirk's got tightness, titness or whatever. I forget what he had, but some kind Kirk, of, and, and um, Tamias. Yeah. I don't know which one. And they also makes kind of like there's a little joke in there too, where he says, "I don't know if they're they're Kirk, they're church bells or Kirk bells." <laughs> well, there's um, and I think Celtic. I don't know if it's Scotland or Ireland, but they call it a church a Kirk. I think it's Scottish. Um, so I thought that was kind of a funny play on words. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I like the reveal because they you find out that the bells were broken before, but. You don't know who, but then you find out later in the episode that it was Luke, which makes sense. Like, I could see Luke in a dizzy just getting his tools, going and breaking a bell. So, which uh, they they did again. 
So, and there was like a little bit of a moment where like Lorelai was asking him like, uh, or like they were Lorelai and Luke were having that conversation before they went and broke the bell. They got interrupted by the pastor, but it was sort of like a like why don't you, why do you care so much about oh, my life and all this? Oh, and I was like, right. oh, they're they're definitely yeah playing up the will they won't they. So. The classic trope of you know she's about to say something to him and then somebody walks in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also a, a bit of a subplot with Rory, which ends up kind of being a bit of a nothing subplot with the, which is the, the guy apparently spreading lies about her, but then she finds out it's a different girl. And I was like, he that... says. yeah, like th- there was no, nothing that said that it was her. So I thought that was like a little bit of a, I thought Rory was acting a little too privileged in that sense. Like she, I just assumed right. that it was her and I'm like, Hmm. Yeah, that's that's maybe. Well, I think that speaks to what I've been saying about she is used to kind of being the center of things, mm-hmm. and so she automatically assumes about her, which I can also see why. But yeah. that's also a uh, that was upsetting for her too to be rejected. Yeah, but I think we're going to see more and more that that she's going to realize that she's a, a little fish in a big pond. Yeah, as opposed to Stars Hollow, where she was the big fish. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're def like. Yeah, you got Luke and Lorelai being flirty and <laughs> kind of funny. Funny that like Rory's just kind of like not really dating at all. Like she's just kind of dealing with this whatever stuff going on in her life. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of interesting because it just seems a little more realistic that like she's not gonna have a guy at her side all the time. Like in this case, like she's, you know, there's there's and guys. Married. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of like that. That's yeah. Rory's got a little bit of, yeah, not not much going on in the dating life, but I think I find that interesting that they don't just shove another love interest for her. So, yeah, um, kind of figuring stuff around. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's uh, pretty much the episode. It's a pretty big, you know. I, I think the big thing is obviously yeah, Lane moving out from her mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I think we needed it. Yeah. yeah, like, I think, too, it makes sense because, like, even from a story standpoint, you can't really have her constantly going around her mother's back. Because at a certain point, you're like, it's either terrible. do something about it or why hasn't the mom found out? So you, it was good that they right. finally addressed that. I think it's now, you know, you can actually do something with that that's not ju- just, hey, you know, she... Uh, you know, is hiding from her mom or, you know, tr- hiding the, this double life from her mom. Like, okay, now show us what you're going to do with that. So. I wonder how does her mom already know about. Yeah. Would have been interesting if the mom's like, oh, I, I knew you had this, but I was hoping you'd get rid of it or I don't know, something like that. Right, right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. See, so you would be a good strip doctor. Right? Because that was good. Um, level. How much does she know? Yeah. Um... Favorite and least favorite performance? I think my favorite performance was um, was Lorelai specifically when she's calling Mrs. Kim. Because, yeah. you know, the whole interaction of, hey, as a mother, I'm, I need to tell you this thing. And uh, and then Mrs. Kim, I thought she did a good job. I mean, she was heartbroken, but also was standing with her principles. I mean, mm-hmm. I agree or not with her principles, but she was pretty firm in them. Yeah. And I think, she, I think the actress played the movie. Yeah. I would say Mrs. Kim as well. I mean... 
I think it was good that we finally got her being more than just a caricature. So I like that. Yeah. It felt like there was I more to her than we normally get. So yeah, and her hair even changed. If you notice, it's like she started getting her hair started looking exasperated. Oh, I didn't notice that, but that's interesting. Yeah, her hair starts becoming more flyaway and stuff. Yeah, hmm. and I also said Gil too because I just think he's just so joyful. Oh yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Gil? Gil's mm-hmm. just Gil's great because it's like. You know, all these people have their drama going on in their lives, and Gil's just like, I just want to rock and roll. He's I'm just like, happy yeah. to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and also, for someone that, that is a musician by trade and not an actor, he does really well. Sebastian yeah. Bach. Um, yeah. And I know after this, I think he was on Broadway for a while. Um, so mm. he does you know, have some acting chops. So, um, But I think this was his first role. Yeah. I think so, so he too. He does a really good job. I know he's been in some other stuff, but yeah. I know he's consistently like very like very excited. Like I know when they did the revival, he was all really stoked on that and other stuff. So, yeah. He's also Canadian, isn't he? Yeah, he was born in Ontario, which I won't hold that oh. against him. But Is there some interprovince um, friendly rivalry? Oh, just Ontario's a little like uh, yeah, Ontario's Ontario, and. Uh, you know, oh, we all have some thoughts on them, but, uh, you know, Ontario is Ontario. Um, okay. Um, least favorite performance. I'm going to go with Paris. Rory. Oh, Paris. Yeah, oh, oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. What about Rory? I just, I didn't like how Rory was acting in this episode. Uh, it just, I don't know. Like, I get that you have to give Rory something to do because you can't have a show called Gilmore Girls and not have Rory really be at least at some point of of the show. But I don't know. Just like the whole thing of like, why are you making, why are you telling people about me, blah, 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 and all this? And it's like, I don't know. It just felt like she was way too, I don't know, rude about the whole thing. And I, I, I think it was like, yeah, how it was written, but also too, like I think it was just how she performed it too. I just I wasn't a fan of that. So, and there's no Emily Richard in this episode. Right? No, I don't think there is. No. Yeah, mine was Paris. I just mm. I don't know. I I think the whole debate thing I think went on too long. I wasn't sure why that was all added in. Yeah. Um, it seemed like it was a piece for the writer to say something mm-hmm. um, instead of adding to the show. Yeah. Uh, regardless of where you stand on that conflict uh, I just didn't know what it brought to the yeah show. I think the other thing too is just like I don't know it just the the, the episode felt very lane centric which is good but I think yeah some of the other characters had to fall by the wayside but I almost just wish we didn't get Rory in this episode like I would have been fine if they took Rory out and just yeah. focused on it was a lot of film yeah, it just felt like they gave her something, but just for the sake of having her in the episode, but it didn't feel necessary at all. But, um, okay, uh, favorite reference. Do you have a favorite reference from this episode? She was there bringing up Beljar, Sylvia Plath's Beljar. So Sylvia Plath, uh, and Beljar, really good book, by the way. Um, mm. You know, it's it's semi-autobiographical and she um, attempts suicide that eventually she did kill herself by suicide um, and when Lorelai is saying 
um, that she didn't have anything to do at you know and then Rory says well how about you just read Beljar or say or do whatever is in Beljar or whatever I thought that was really inappropriate mm. um, yeah because again you know you're you're making a joke about suicide that did not that didn't go well with me yeah. um, so that's that reference <laughs> um, uh, but I also just kind of like the whole Kirk Kirk thing that there's Kirk yeah there's the Kirk Church mm-hmm but yeah, those are my references. How about you? Mm, I just like the whole CBGB thing. I thought that was great. Uh, I mean, it's obviously, in this case, it's more of a location than a reference. But I like the reference to, like, yeah, the the club itself. I thought it was well done. And I thought it was interesting that, like, they, they made it this thing that they were all excited about. And, I mean, yeah, kind of, you know, failed to live up to their expectations. But still, I thought it was nice that... You know, Still they did it. Yeah, they and thank goodness they showed it too because I was I forgot that they like had them go to CBGBs. I thought they were just gonna cut away from that and just be like, oh darn, that gig was a bust or something, and not actually show it. So it was nice that we got them out of their out of their yeah. Stars Hollow for a little bit. But Elaine can say she played at CBGBs. Yes, she can. She can definitely take that with her. Um, yeah. Some of the other references, like the Kirk one, was was pretty funny, especially when like Kirk says like the irony wasn't lost on me, so that was that was pretty funny. But yeah, I'll I'll just say CBGB just because like I think for the character of Lane and the band, like that's a pretty big deal for them, so I like that. Um. Okay. Favorite quote. Do you have a favorite quote from this episode? Yeah, a couple. There, um, there are no astronomy classes at Adventist College that would imply the universe is old. I really like that one. Yeah. And then, um, and then also, um, uh, this is what, um, shoot, I forgot her name. Sookie. Sookie says to, to, uh, Lorelai, and I think this happens to, to people with their friends all the time. She's like, I want to be supportive, mm. but I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. You just tell your, you just tell them, like, I, I know you're on a rant. I know you're on a thing, but I have no idea how to help you because I don't know what this is about. Mm -hmm. I forget what Lorelai was even saying. Yeah. There was, like, the part two where, like, Rory says to Lane, like, the floor wasn't too comfortable. And she goes, no, it was fine until Paris came home and stepped on my face. I had a good laugh. Well, then she said at least she doesn't wear heels or something. Yeah. she said. Yeah. I like that because I'm like, yeah. I don't know if that was a reference or something. Like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's totally a paris thing to just step on someone she doesn't doesn't care no you're in paris's way get out of the way yeah where are you um let's see behind the scenes trivia so uh the actor rami malik appeared in this episode yes i forgot to write that down yep he sure did yeah and he talks about this too. That um, it's a really neat story as to how he got hired for this. Yeah, he, uh, he was acting as his own agent. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. I think he like something about like he uh attached his headshot to like every pizza box he delivered when he was a pizza yeah, uh-huh. delivery guy. Yep. And uh, that's when I ended up getting him some auditions, which eventually led. Not to... only that, but the person calls and he says. And he says, yeah, I'm, I'm the agent. And then yeah. she says, well, who are you? And, and she goes, oh, like you're the, you're your own agent. And he goes, yeah. And she goes, well, I usually work with the agents or whatever. And he's like, well, no, 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 I can, 
he's like, well, you know, I need a job to get an agent. And yeah. so he, he basically talked himself into getting an interview. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing, the whole story. Yeah. Um, I would watch a video of it because it's, it's kind of his power of he didn't give up. Yeah. He was, he was going to do this. And now, you know, he's won an Oscar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And he's in the new James Bond, which is out in a couple weeks. So. That's right. He's a James Bond villain. Yeah. Actually, I think one really week, actually. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was great. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, funny enough, the sweater that Lane was wearing was also w- worn by Lorelai in an earlier season. Maybe she borrowed it. Yeah. I just find it funny. Like, probably the costume designers were like, will this fit her? Sure. Okay, let's just go with that. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, uh, if you looked at the signs in Taylor's Market or Dozy's Market, Taylor's uh, store, uh, he was selling aspirin and earplugs on sale, which I thought was pretty funny considering the bells were starting to get irritating for people. So I thought it was funny. <laughs> it makes sense that Taylor would would sell the thing that people are wanting, you know? Right, right. I'm surprised. He seems like he would do some price gouging, though. Oh, probably. Yeah. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, any mental health observations from this episode? I just think that the, I think what Lane experienced can be very common of um, first generation Americans. Um, there's a kind of a uh, division between parents' lifestyles and the child's lifestyle, and I think we see a good example of that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that can there can be a lot of issues trying to you know follow parents rules and also assimilating into the you know um school or whatever else the person is doing mm-hmm. um and and i think it was i think it's pretty well depicted you know that struggle between this is what mom wants and this is what lane wants and i think there's another layer to it when it's such a change of uh, cultural norms mm-hmm. from, from one generation to another. So I just thought that was portrayed pretty well. And yeah. I like that they're humanizing Mrs. Kim. Like you said, like she became kind of a caricature. And I think that, I think that this, that's kind of changing. I think it still was mm-hmm. leaning in that area. But yeah. again, you know, the producer of the show, she's kind of modeling it after her own family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I think that was. Except in real life, she married Dave. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's also telling too that you know if you go to CBGBs and there's nobody there, you still made it to CBGBs. Yep, that's the that's the thing to take away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, like you know, a lot of times people will reach an age of rebellion with their parents and want to rebel, and then I think what happens with a lot of people is later on in life you sort of start to understand where where your parents were coming from, and you start to have a bit more of a. I guess sympathy and empathy for their situation, whereas before you wouldn't. So, you know, yeah, the, with what happened with Lane, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, she's rebelling against her mom and all that, but I think it'll be interesting to see like what Lane ultimately gets away from this, because I think she's going to ultimately learn that. Yeah. You know, you, you, yes, you know, she, she did kind of rebel against her mom and kind of, 
you know, do this, but you know, now she's going to be on her own. And I think perhaps she might get a bit of an appreciation for what her mom was doing for her this entire time. So she's going to drop out of college. I don't know if she's going to drop out of college, but I mean, I also know what happens to her and I can't say I'm, I can't say I'm particularly a fan, but (laughs) we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, well, the way the show goes, I've noticed when there's a strong female character, mm-hmm. something happens to them. Mm, yeah. Yep. So, she's driving my college. Okay. Well, I think it's time to rate this episode. What are you thinking of uh, score-wise? Uh, it's got some twists and turns. I give it an eight. Okay. Especially when you find out Luke broke the belt. I like that, yeah, and you know, it just makes sense that it would be Luke, because of course it would be yeah, Luke, yeah. right? Like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna let that thing flying. Um, he knows Lorelai so well that he's like with the flashlight. He's like, I don't want spotlights. I don't want you know dirty puppet shows or whatever. Yeah, because he just he just knows what she's like. You know, like they have that kind of friendship that mm-hmm. he just tells her up front. You know, that stuff you do, don't do that. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cute. Mm, I'll give this an 8 out of 10. I like this episode. Okay. Yeah. We match. Yeah. It was a good... Yeah, they packed a lot of stuff in. It was good. Yeah. And it's, you know, we've waited so long to see what happens with Lane and Mrs. Kim and finally happened, so... Yay. But interestingly enough, like, they kind of resolve that story, but they still leave it open where you're like, well, what happens now? Like, what happens to Lane? How does she... How does she still fit into the life of Mrs. Kim? Like, you still walk away with yeah. questions. So you gotta keep watching. Yeah, the it's kind of a good cliffhanger. Yeah, like it's a good tell of a show when like they can answer questions, but they still give you that feeling of you want those. You have new questions that you want answered. So it's me. You know, start a shift in their relationship, Mrs. Kim. Like, we still never see Lane's dad. Yeah. Well, we do I see him. We, I, I think. think we see him once in the entire show. And I won't say when we see him. Do you have a speaking do. role? Oh, okay. I don't think we do. I don't think he speaks, no. I think he just shows up. <laughs> but. Cool. Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is uh, her book. And Talking Brains is her other podcast. And I'm over at threeingreneurs.com, where almost every other day we've got some new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.